This is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN. No Gordon Damer tonight. He's away on vacation. Harvey and Joey here till midnight along with I and Freddie and Fritz. They'll be here at midnight as well on 98.7 ESPN here in New York. You can hit us up on Twitter at Hardesty ESPN at ESPN NY 98 underscore 7 FM. Enjoy listening to Ty Butler filling in for Dan Grasa. Ty talked a little baseball, talked a little football, talked a little basketball. So we're going to start with some baseball because one of the things that was mentioned as we go to work very simply was this. Listen to what Steve Cohen said to the media about the World Series this season. Listen, you know how hard it is to, to get into the World Series, right? I mean, as we saw last year, right? So the only thing you can do is put yourself in position where good things can happen. Got to make the playoffs. You got to be, uh, the team's got to be healthy. It's got to be rested. It's got to be raring to go. And then you let the chips fall where they may. And if you keep putting yourself there, one day we'll get there. Okay? Obviously, I'd love it sooner than later, but, you know, I can't control that. Okay. Harvey, Joe, give me, give me an estimate. How much money has Steve Cohen spent on free agents? Give me a round estimate, guys. Give me an estimate. Oh, it's more than I can think of. Um, I would say... Three hundred and ninety. All right, Joe. What do you think? How much has he spent in totality since he's owned the team? Yes. Are we counting the Lindor uh, extension? Uh, we're not going to count Lindor. I'm going to say four hundred and fifty million. Okay. So here's the bottom line for me. Between the two of you, we're let's say that it's about half a billion. <laughs> okay. And you're telling me that anything less than the World Series this season would be a, would, would not going to answer? I'm telling you, anything less than the World Series will be a disappointment. This was a team that was put together. Remember what Steve Cohen said when he first bought this team? He said very simply, very simply, okay, we, we want to win in the first couple of years. And that's why he spent the money. He didn't spend the money to just say, well, we do the best if we can. When we get there, we'll see what happens. No, 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 no. That's not why he paid, why he overpaid Max Scherzer last year. That's not why he paid Verlander this year. Okay? He paid these players because he wants to win a championship. And as a Met fan, that's what I expect him to do. I expect him to put the best team on the field and they have a chance to win the championship. And so I don't understand why he's dancing around here. You won 101 games last season and didn't make it far. You were eliminated quickly by San Diego. Quickly. So just by that alone, a World Series, not having a World Series this year is a disappointment. Okay? And I'm talking about getting there. Okay, when you win, I hear what you're saying. I hear what he's saying. You, you Look. Well, overall, for the season, he is correct. You put the best team on the field. You do what you can. Health is an issue. You try to get the best players on there. You hope they perform. You do everything. Got it. That's elementary. But when you won 101 games and you have spent so much money that other owners are like, we knew this was going to happen when we let him in here. Now he's just resetting the market on player after player after player after player. The pressure's on this Met team to win especially how they lost the division last year by losing to Atlanta on the last weekend of the season. By losing, that cost them. And so maybe 
he's not a, maybe he's concerned about saying or he doesn't want to put pressure on the team. The pressure's already on the team. The pressure is on Buck Showalter. What do we say about Buck Showalter? Genius manager. Always has his team prepared. Always a guy who's ready to go. Analytical, smart, has the smarts to balance the analytics and baseball knowledge. But what hasn't he done in his successful managerial career? He hasn't won a championship. So there's pressure on him. There's pressure on the team. There's pressure for this Met team to win a World Series. If they don't win a World Series, it will be a disappointment. Plain and simple. There's no need to dance around it. That's the way it is. Steve, are other owners taking issues with the Mets spending big money? At the owners' meeting, I, I, I had owners coming up and they go, "You're 100% right. You are for following the rules," which which I am. And they, you know, like I said um, in a in a previous article, they laid down the rules and I'm following them. Um, you know, listen. In the end, and I think this is really important, that um, when I measure my success as an owner, obviously you want to win a World Series. But you know, I'm also going to measure my success on building a farm system, so we can create sustainability year in and year out. And um, um, it's really important to me, okay? Because I, you know, that's how you, that's how you really uh, create something that's special, right? And and you know, the farm system being innovative and doing new things and and developing players, uh, you know, taking good players and making them great. And and if if we can accomplish some of those things, and I think we can then, you know, that would be a marker of success for me. I'm sure that's what the owner said to his face. And nobody said that what he was doing was illegal. Come on, Steve, stop. Nobody said what he's doing was illegal. Of course, he's doing what he's supposed to do. That's what free agency was put about. All right, that's why. But I'm sure they're not happy with the prices that he's setting because he's rearranging the market. And yet, of course, setting up a fabulous farm system is the way to go, especially for pitching, because pitching costs a lot of money. <laughs> Yankee fans know, Met fans know, pitching costs a fortune, especially really good pitching. And so if you can develop really good pitching and bring that up to the majors, that's, that's a win-win. It allows you to use money for other positions that maybe you have a lack of experience with or, or you just want to just improve. So there's no question that building a farm system up. And we'll see what he's done with the farm system. We'll get an idea. I mean, the Francisco Alvarez is able to make that jump this year and add, have meaningful at-bats and have a meaningful contribution. And we all hear about, you know, his fielding is not where his hitting is. So we'll see what happens there. If he's able to come up and, and we're able to see more and more members of this farm system get better, then, yeah, that he will have done what he's supposed to do. But the priority right now for Steve Cohen is very simple. It is for him to put the best team on the field and to continue to tinker with the team as need to. So Billy Epler and Buck Showalter have to be very honest with Steve. And I do know that there's going to come a limit where he's going to say, okay, I've spent X amount of dollars here and I'm not trying to spend any more money. You have to work with what you have. 
Because remember, he's also the owner that talked about, I'm not trying to spend money like a drunken sailor. I just want to make sure that you know you have to spend wisely. And so, which I think he has. Has he overpaid? Yes. But I think he's overpaid for quality. Am I concerned about Justin Verlander? Yeah, of course. Am I concerned about Max Scherzer? I'm actually more concerned about Max Scherzer than I am about Justin Verlander. And it's because Scherzer now for the past couple of seasons has missed time with injuries. And so Verlander has been, you know, durable. Now, my concern about Verlander is I'm just wondering, and I've said it before, so it's not news. Pitchers that leave Houston aren't always the same where they go to their new home. <laughs> it's, it's the philosophy that they have in Houston pitching wise that allows them to be just a little bit sharper than they are when they leave Houston. So if Justin Verlander can be close, close to the pitcher he was in Houston last year. I'm good. I'm good. The rest of the rotation, I have to see. Okay. Senga, I mean, you know, I want to see this ghost pitch or fork ball or whatever it is. I want to see if he can adjust because you know how it goes. First time around the league, he'll be a master. Everybody be talking about, I can't see it. I can't hit it. I can't find it. I don't know what it is. It's the most unhittable pitch I've ever seen. There's always stories. Once around the league, second time around the league, what adjustments will he make to counter adjust what hitters will have made against him? Plus the adjustment of, of you know, pitching more than once a week with some Japanese pitchers have that issue when they come over to the States, come over to play in major league baseball, they have that issue three, four, they have a couple of starts in the week. Sometimes the, the arm strength is not there during that second outing. So there's a lot of questions about this team. Okay. A lot of questions, but the talent is there. And I will say this, the roster that Steve Cohen, Billy Epler and Buck Showalter has put together as a Met fan, makes me feel much more comfortable than many of the Wilpon years. And it's not even close. 1-800-919-3776. We'll take your calls and talk a little Yankee baseball next on 98.7 ESPN. This is the Ty Butler Show on 98.7 ESPN. Hey, guys, before we get to the phone, guys, did you see that uh, the poll of a football team in different positions for the hosts on Twitter? I uh, Absolutely, I did. So let me just say this. There's one person, that, and I have to look them up, and I will, I will say to them by name, I really, really appreciate your thought process. I really do. They had me lining up a wide receiver. Let me just say this. I, have, I would not be able to get any separation <laughs> at wide receiver. None. None. Most folks had me on the O-line, which is good. Other folks had, had me at tight end. I could do the tight end position now. I could do that. You're saying that you're able to get off the line of scrimmage. Oh, it's not even the question. Oh, not even the question. Absolutely. Absolutely. Hit me right in the slip. You know, I, I, um, I would be Travis Kelsey light. That's not bad. That's pretty good. It's pretty good. <laughs> Hall of Fame track. 
I'm gonna, always, that's easily know, top 10 tight end of all time. If you there's no question. Kelsey Light. And you know what? I'd always be open because nobody would think that they would throw me the ball. That's right. <laughs> Contested catches. So, they're not throwing it. He's just not, he's, they're not throwing it to him. Give me a break. A uh, lot of Ty Butler at running back. Ty Butler's all over the field. I was watching this. He's running back, safety, corner, wide receiver. He was all over the all over the field. Uh, Anthony Pusick, who does a great job producing the Michael K show, Monday through Friday, 3 to 7, with Michael Don and Peter, had me coaching. So I don't know if that's – I don't know if he thinks that the 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 uh, skills are done, <laughs> and and it's 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 strictly mine now. I don't know, but he had me as a coach. But everybody else had me around the field, so I, I was I was pleased. I, I was pleased with the position. A lot of O line, lot of O line. So I I I'd enjoy that. I'm seeing some here from for Gordon Damer. Some one is a free safety. Yeah, he could do that. I mean, free for sure. Yeah, Gordon was pretty much all defense. He was not an offense. So I don't know that, you know, I don't know about Gordon's hands on the offensive end of the mm -hmm. ball. Mm -hmm. So he might have to speak for himself on that. Yeah, well, we'll, we'll check with him when he gets back. Um, but, you know, for me, just tight end was good. I had a couple of tight ends, perfect. I'm good. But offensive line, I, that, that's where, you know, I could do that. Pushing some guys down the field, I'm good. Running out, knocking people down, I'm good. That'd be perfect. I could do that easy. Do that in my sleep. 1-800-919-3776. Off to the phones we go. Allen in Union City. Start us off on ESPN New York tonight. Oh, yeah. Allen in Union. Oh, yeah. So All right, what's up, Allen? Ain't not much, man. Want to get to some mess talk. I'm not a mess guy. But okay. I, I noticed this last year because, you know, everybody's going to be mad that Cone's going to be spending money, right? Like the owners don't mm -hmm. want that. They're going to be like, damn, we, we got to start using our money. The lesser teams like the Pirates and the, the Kansas City Royals are going to have to start using more money and stuff. And that's why I feel like the Mets were targeted last year. Like ownership said, yo, hit, hit the Mets, hit them, hit them. We don't like the owner. And I feel like that's why they were hit with the balls a lot. It sounds like a crazy conspiracy theory, but I really believe that. Well, you know, Alan, I'll say this. Thanks for the thought and the phone call. And we'll hear from Mark Cannon in a second who got hit a lot like a bunch of Mets who did. Uh, you're probably not wrong in that sense, but here's the thing I would say to the small market teams, the Kansas Cities, the Pittsburghs, the, the teams like that, if I were a fan of those teams and I'm watching what the Yankees do and the Dodgers do and the Mets are doing, and the reason why they put that in is because you would spread the money to the smaller market teams so they could do some things, it's up to the smaller market teams to put that money into the ball club and not their pockets. Why can't you get a free agent or two? Why can't you develop your farm system and be better? Why can't you use the money like Tampa Bay uses their money? Tampa Bay is not, Tampa Bay is a small market team, right? Small market. But they are always in the mix. If they're not in the mix, it's because of injury. And they will... They will have their players and have their players and they will produce. Now, they don't have, because of the salaries, they don't have the depth that a lot of other teams have. They can't afford to make mistakes. The Mets can afford to make mistakes. Yankees can afford to make mistakes. Dodgers can afford to make mistakes. Okay, because you have money. You, you, can, you can buy something. You can move. You can do some other things. So they have less of a margin for error with their rosters. But still, what they need to do is invest in the team. 
they don't have to be bad long. I mean, when's the last time Pittsburgh was seriously, seriously rolling? And you said, you know what? They got a shot. Cincinnati's done it. Cincinnati had a shot a couple of years, a number of years ago. Even Kansas City, what? Kansas City and the Metro in the World Series. I know, seven, eight years ago, but still, they were there. So it can be done. So it's incumbent upon those smaller market teams to use that money for player development and try to get you. Obviously, you're not going to get the top tier free agents. Believe me, I'm a Met fan. I know how that was. I know how that goes. But you could get the next level free agent to at least get your team to a position where you can make some. You can be successful. Okay, you may not win a title, but with all these added wild cards here. You could do something that would enable you to extend your season and give your fans a little prayer. Richard's in Manhattan. What's up, Richard? Larry, I, I disagree with you. If the Mets get to the World Series and lose, that's an accomplishment. Small steps. You but, know? I, don't, I have no – as long as they get to the World Series. He didn't say they had to win the World Series. Oh, oh yeah. He yeah. said if, if anything if short it, of a World Series is a failure. So if they get and, there, yeah. Larry, Once you get there, anything we, can happen. Larry, even if we lose the round before the World uh, Series in a seven-game series, that was great, and uh, we just got beat. I mean, just like this Philadelphia-Kansas City Super Bowl. Philadelphia didn't lose. They just ran out of time. There were no losers in that game. It was a great game. Well, same thing. You know, Larry, while I'm on this topic, yes, go ahead. the first round last year, the Yankees won in five, and the Mets lost in four, I believe, right? Yeah. Or did they lose in four? Whatever. That first round or that, you know, should be best of seven. Now, you're going to tell me, well, you can't expand the season. There's ways you can get around that. First of all, what I would do is the first two games would be at the team with the worst record. So, in other words, if you had the better record, you'd have five games at home. Mm-hmm. First two games, so you'd only have one travel date in between. Mm-hmm. And you can squeeze everything in. Now, what happened to the Mets was awful. Here's a team that won 101 games, and they're out in four games. Now, yeah. if you lose the best of seven, that's a little different than losing the best of five. And look at the Yankees. They were lucky to beat Cleveland in five. Yeah, they really. could have lost in the best of five today. Yeah. So yeah. I don't like it. I mean, that doesn't mean that the best of seven, it can't happen, too. But if you lose four games, I don't care how many games you win, 105, 108, and you lose in a, lose in a best of seven, I can live with that. Mm-hmm. But these best of five series, they leave me a little short there. And I didn't like what happened in the Mets in San Diego. You know, you could be down three games to one and still come back. Yeah, you know you that, can. Larry. Absolutely. And it's, it's not true. over. It's true, Richard. I mean, to me, 101 games and you're bound in four games. That's a disappointment, my friend. Or anyone else. It's not, to me, it doesn't sit well. Now you're going to say, well, we can't let the season keep going. There are ways they can get around it. They have so many days off after the season starts, before they start. Squeeze, and I believe, like the Mets, should have, been having, should have had five home games. San Diego, two home games. Mm-hmm. Let San Diego play the first two at home. One travel day, then five straight games if they needed uh, at at the city field. That's how I would have. Larry, let me give you one more thing. Go. Every let, one more quickie. Every, with Steve Cohen's influence was for a good thing. Every Sunday I go from the Bronx to Flushing. Mm-hmm. I I go over to Whitestone. I travel on the Whitestone Expressway to the Van Wick, and I go by City Field. Mm-hmm. For years, I had to look at the back of City Field 
with the Nikon sign sticking out, mm. FanDuel sticking. It looked like an amusement park city field. Well, Cone just removed all those advertisements for the back, from the back of city field. It just says city field now. It looks so much nicer than what the Wilpons had, you know, with all those advertisements. Yeah. It looked like an amusement park. It looked like you were at Atlantic City. So that was yeah. a nice thing. I mean, you wouldn't see that at as Yankee Stadium. Well, no, because Yankee Stadium. Remember, Richard, and thanks for the phone call. Yankee Stadium is a cathedral. The Mets play in the stadium. <laughs> it's a cathedral. I'm telling you. When you walk in there, that's how it was made. That's how it was built. That was their thought process. That's how it was. And so, no, you wouldn't have that same situation there. You're absolutely right. You didn't have it in the old stadium. So you wouldn't have it in the new stadium. They were... They made that new. They made the new Yankee Stadium really just like the old one, just like the old one. I mean, Yankee fans wish they could bring some, had brought a little bit more of that magic from the old stadium to the new stadium so far. But uh, you know, that's that. Otherwise, they, it was the same process. And once again, Richard, I hear what you're saying about extending the postseason. And believe me, if there's a way for the networks, the next negotiation to add some more money to the pot, you might have what you want. You just might have what you want. 1-800-919-3776. We'll take more of your phone calls next on 98.7 ESPN. This is the Ty Butler Show on 98.7 ESPN. And we go to Mark in Newark. Mark, you're next on 98.7. Brother Larry, how you doing? Hey, Mark, what's happening, my friend? Oh man, I, long time to speak, but it's our it's my been a minute. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's our time of the year, Larry. Yes, it is, and, um, and I'm super excited. But as I was saying to your to your screener, mm-hmm. you know, um, I look at it like two ways. Like, okay, so when it comes down to Steve Cohen's comments, right? Like, like I can understand the practical side of what he said. I mean, because. And he doesn't have any control over and but I can also understand the emotional side, like you said, like, dude, man, like, you know, he, you spent a lot of money to revamp the team and we won 101 games and, and, and it should be like a, you know, a requiem that world series or bust. I, I feel that too, from, from being the emotional Mets fan that I am. But um, for me, um, you know, also about the money being spent, like, I seem to remember Padres spent a whole lot of money. They did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, probably more than him. I would. I would say. Well, I don't know if it's more, Mark, they but did. he. It, it. It. He. They did spend a lot of money, lot. And, and, <laughs> and 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 listen. And they beat us last year, too, so some of that money worked. So I'm looking for revenge this year. That's for sure. (laughs) No doubt. No doubt. And so, and that leads me to my last Mets point because Mm -hmm. we got a long Mets season to go and a whole lot of points. But my last one is this. Larry, a million times, that one thing would have really helped the Mets as far as this uh, World Series Mm -hmm. and all of those players that the Padres got and all the trades that were so unbelievably last year, everybody going everywhere. Yeah. I kept saying consistently, Nelson Contreras. Yeah, I know. And over and over. Yeah, Larry, I know. Oh, Starling Marte. is hugging at the All-Star game. It seems like that this general manager 
sit him like, you know, maybe I should do that, Larry. <laughs> <laughs> I hear you, Mark. It's just me. <laughs> yeah, I hear you, Mark. I got to run, man. You're breaking up on me, but I got to run. But but you're right. And that's going to be the big that's going to be the biggest issue for this Met team. It's about health. I mean, come on. That's what it is. When Marte was hurt at the end of the season last year, during that I'm telling you, I believe he would have made a major difference in that series in Atlanta. I think he would have. I think so. So right now, they have to be prepared, get ready to go, and uh, hopefully they have enough depth that they can survive an injury that's going to put you out for a long period of time. Because here's what I know from watching baseball, as long as I've watched it and covered it. You never have enough pitching. And you never have enough backup, infield or outfield backup. You never do. You just don't, especially pitchers. And so the depth of this, of this pitching staff is going to be huge for what the Mets are trying to do. It's going to be huge. It is. If they can, especially the top three of that rotation, especially the top three, because those are the guys that those are your money guys. Those are your stop losing streak guys. Those are your tough matchup guys. Those are the guys. And then putting Singer in there because he's the, he's the third starter. Those are the guys that when players get on the field for that day and though one of those guys are on the mound, you feel like you're going to win the game because you know what to expect from those guys. Of course, they're going to have a bad game every now and then. Of course, they're not going to be perfect all the time. Of course, there could be a day where they just don't have it. But you expect when you're a player playing behind Verlander and Scherzer, especially, you're thinking, we got a shot. We're going to win this game today. All we have to do is just have a couple of runs and we're good. We're good. And that's that's what those players, those pitchers bring to the table. And when those pitchers bring that to the table, that's an edge you have. It's the same thing with the Yankees feel about Garrett Cole. The players who play behind Cole, they felt the same thing about Nestor Cortez last season. When those guys are on the mound, we, we know we're going to win this game. We're going to win it. Dennis is in South Jersey. What's up, Dennis? Hey, Larry. How you doing tonight? Good, Dennis. I haven't heard from you in a while. What's going on? I know. I know. I've been laying a little low. But, I, you know, I got to talk to you a little about the jet situation with okay. the Derek Carr, right? Mm-hmm. I might be in the minority here. I really want Carr. And, and I'm going to tell you why. Okay. You know, we played this game with the Brett Favre back in the day with the Aaron Rodgers and Brett Favre, right? Yeah. And I know we got hurt. We were 8-3, and three, and then all of a sudden they blew up the team and the team collapsed on Mangini. And, you know, the whole thing with the Aaron Rodgers thing is he, he's gone cuckoo, man. Like, you don't know what you're going to get out of this guy. Look, I know he's a, a really great talent, but, mm-hmm. like, at least with Carr, you know you're going to get a couple of years. You'll get, you know, the Jets aren't one player away, okay? You right. start giving this first-round draft choice up, now you can't get that offensive lineman you need to help the quarterback out, okay, mm-hmm. if that's what you're going to have to give up. And every year you're going to play this game with Rodgers, I don't know if I want to come back. But I'll tell you right now, he's not going to turn around and tell you, 
right? That, oh, yeah, I'll give you three years. You know he's not going to do that, you know, no. or, or two years. So, to me, you know, look, you have – well, you got to at least admit this. As far as an upgrade from, a, from any quarterback we had in, I couldn't tell you since when. He would be an immediate upgrade, okay? Yes. And mm-hmm. if they continue to put players around him, with the core they have now, they got some free agents that they have to sign of their own, right? right? And, and, and with the draft and add some offensive line pieces, you know, this could be a really good team that can compete and, and, and get into the playoffs, I believe. But I just think that the, the, the Rodgers thing, I know it sounds great in the media, and we all know Greeny wants them, Greenberg wants them bad, and all this stuff, but I'm just afraid it's got the Brett Favre situation written all over it, but with more drama. Not much with the injury. He's just out there. He, you don't know what you're going to get with this guy. I mean, what do you think? Well, I hear what you're saying, Dennis, and thanks for checking in, my friend. Always good hearing from you, and I love your passion for the Jets. You've been dying with that team for a number of years. Look, I'm with you in the sense of Carr is younger. I'm with you in the sense of uh, Carr is better is obviously a major upgrade over what you have, and I'm with you because of his availability. Now, I've, there's been a lot made, and it's true, of his problems in the postseason and his problems in cold weather. Okay, it it, it goes all into the whole package. But for me, I just don't think that Aaron Rodgers is coming here. I just don't. I don't. All right. And the other issue is, if I'm the Jets, how long do I wait? When do I wait? When is Aaron Rodgers going to come out of wherever he is and make a statement to say, I've decided that I'm going to go back in and think about it some more? Or I've decided that um, I'm going to retire. All right. And Carr signed out with the Saints and Garoppolo is in Carolina. (laughs) And now you're looking at, you know, you're looking at Ryan Tannehill or the red rifle Andy Dalton. And then you're going to be pulling your hair out. And of course, there's this wild thought, and we'll talk about a little later in the show, this wild thought process about, well, possibly, you know, and, and I do agree that it looks like it does look like, especially with the tweet today, that Lamar Jackson really does not want to be in Baltimore. I get it. He looks like that. He does look like he doesn't want to be in Baltimore. So the question becomes, what type of franchise tag do they put on Lamar Jackson? And if you're the Jets, you're going to jump in front of the line to say, hey, guess what? We've got a bunch. we got some first rounders and second rounders. What you know, We'll trade you. Now, the downside to that is, for me, I just think it's almost the same situation as it is with Green Bay and Aaron Rodgers. Green Bay is not trading Aaron Rodgers in the NFC East, and I don't think that Baltimore would trade Lamar Jackson in the AFC. I don't. I mean, you know, I know you're going to see you have a chance to play against him anyway, but to see him maybe once or twice every year, I don't know that they would do that. But clearly, Derek Carr, for me, would be the choice, even though I think Aaron Rodgers, his talent is better. But once again, what are you doing? Is he going to be here one year or two? And next year, are you going to go through the same thing? Well, I don't know. Suppose suppose something happens 
and the Jets don't make the postseason. There's a new GM, probably. There's a new head coach. And now you've got a quarterback who's like, well, I don't know if I want to play for these guys. Now you're blowing the whole thing up again. I, I, I just, I, I would rather go with Carr. Younger, still solid, and I kind of understand what I'm getting with him. But I will say this. If there's any way that you could find a way to get Lamar Jackson, that's a home run, my friends. More of your calls next on 98.7 ESPN. This is the Ty Butler Show on 98.7 ESPN. Say back to the phone, see what you have to say on the topics that we're chatting about. Jose is in Brooklyn. Jose, you're next on 98.7. Hey, how's it going, Larry? Everything's good, Jose. What's up? I'm doing good. I had some two point two points I wanted to bring up. One okay. was for the New York Jets situation. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm kind of hoping this situation does come to a close soon. But you know, I, I I really hope that the media smartens up when Aaron Rodgers, you know, plays them along for another game of, you know, I'm gonna wait it out, and even and put the Packers all the way up to training camp. You know, I can't wait to see that happens mm-hmm. and. I can't wait to see all your you know, the clowns in the morning who thought that he was going to go to OTAs and change and have a change of color with the Jets, you know, kind of be proven wrong. Um, the also my point about the Knicks situation mm-hmm. is, you know, I'm hoping that they can really improve and kind of go on that same you know run that they did when they made the playoffs a couple years ago and right. kind of you know get get that you know seat, but. Um, because I really think um, the, the Cavaliers, out of all the teams, uh, is the team that I think that they can pull up a win. Because I really, um, I'm not into Donovan Mitchell being a superstar. Mm-hmm. He's come up way too many times short in the playoffs. Where I'm just like, that's the person I would I would like to face. All right, Jose. Thanks for the call and your thoughts. Uh, let's start with the Knicks. I th- it is going to be interesting to see how they do the remainder of these 22 games, and. For me, if if I could get what thirteen and nine, uh, fourteen and eight, I would be good. If I could get fourteen and eight, thirteen and nine, I mean, as a as a minimum. Of course, I want more. I would love to go twenty two and zero. That's not happening. But if I could go fourteen and eight, you know, if I could do that, thirteen and nine, somewhere around there, I think that gives them a good shot to finish. In, in the sixth spot. And that's what I want right now for, for the Knicks. I, I want I don't want to go through the playoff. I don't want to try to do seven against ten and eight against I'm not trying to I'm not trying to get into that situation. One game and you're done. I I'm not trying to where you gotta play two games to get to the final playoff spot. I'm not trying to do that. And with the way the team went into the all star break, you would love to see them pick it up. We'll talk a little basketball with the Christian Winfield at the top of the hour. We'll talk a little next with him as well. As far as the as far as the Aaron Rodgers thing is concerned, Jose, listen, uh, DNR, DPH, and Rothenberg may be right. We still don't know. We still don't know. He still made Rodgers still may decide that he wants to come here. You never know. So that's why that's why us in the media and Jet fans are still checking the. the Checking on the websites and checking on their smartphones, trying to see if there's any news, any news, any smoke signal from the darkened room where Aaron Rodgers is sitting trying to figure out what he's going to do. A lot of questions about, speaking of what are you going to do, a lot of questions with Aaron Boone. 
Okay, so here's the thought process. Everybody's, who's going to play left field? Now, left field, as you know from listening to us, and Gordon Damer is just is, is anti-Aaron Hicks because of the fact that he's never available. And when he is available, the production is not what you want. So there was a report that the Yankees were considering moving Aaron Judge to left and Giancarlo Stanton in right field. Aaron Boone, what's going on with that? I mean, I'm open to things like that, you know, especially in the home ballpark. So we'll see. We'll see. It's something that I would say I'm at least considering it on, on the table. And we'll just kind of see how, you know, that goes in letting that play out if getting guys reps in different spots. So no decision on that yet, but it is something on my board. Well, here's the thing. Aaron Judge proved to you, and he was, okay, if he had played center field all season, the way he played center field when he filled in, he might have gotten the gold glove. He was outstanding in the outfield. You really saw his his athleticism and his talent to be able to cover the center field at Yankee Stadium. And yes, I know it's not the old Yankee Stadium with the monument sitting on the field. I get it. Still a big center field to patrol for somebody who has not played center field. He did a phenomenal job out there. I would rather him be in center field. And the thing for Stanton, see, here's the tricky thing about Stanton, right? And we'll hear what he's got to say about playing in, in right field in a second. Here's the tricky thing about Stanton. I think Stanton hits better when he's playing the outfield. I think he hits better when he's engaged. Now, the problem is keeping him on his feet in the outfield too many games. That's the issue. But I think you could spell him every once in a while, put him out there in right field. I would not put Stanton in left field. I would not. But he was asked about playing games in right field. Yeah, I mean, continue to be similar as last year. Obviously, road bump with the injury there, but, you know, we got to build up to a similar game plan and, you know, see what we can accomplish, putting us in the best scenario to win each night, wherever that is in the lineup. Right. And so I, the outfield situation will take care of itself. That's what I believe. They'll figure out a way to do something. They still could make a move and get and put somebody in left field that we're not thinking about. So we'll wait and see. Although usually if, you, if, if we're talking about the book on Cashman, usually the book on Brian Cashman, the general manager, is he likes to make those tweaks at the trade deadline in the middle of the season. Okay, here's what's happening. Here's what we need. Here's what we've seen play out over the first you know, 80-some games of the season. Okay, here's what we need to do to pick up and make an adjustment on that to move forward to increase our chances to be a better ball club. So normally he makes his tweaks at the All-Star break, trade deadline. We'll see if he makes a move before. One thing that has to change, and that is Josh Donaldson's offensive output. He was not great. And his defense at third was okay. It wasn't, it wasn't outstanding. It was okay. So Aaron Boone was asked, why do you think Aaron, uh, why do you think Josh Donaldson can be the Josh Donaldson of old? First of all, we're talking about a great player. Like, this has been a star player and consistently for a long time. He's not far removed from 2021 where, you know, he was still a wrecking ball. You know, I think last year with the lockout, probably came in a little behind the eight ball. I think he had an amazing winner. He's physically, he's he looks great. His assessments, everything, he's moving really well. But the things he did this winter to get himself ready to go, you know, I think you're crazy to think that a bounce back is not in there offensively. This guy still has bat speed and again, is super talented and I think physically at this point in a much better place than he was a year ago right now. Okay, we'll see. Obviously, we know it's in there. It has been there. Otherwise, you would not have traded for him to try to add him to your team to give your team some more punch. 
And for it, and see, here was the tricky thing though. Here was the guy who was supposed to be the contact hitter in your lineup, right? This was the guy. Oh, he makes contact. He hits for power. No, not last season. So we'll see. Listen, if he bounces back, that's great. That's offense you did not have last year. Remember, the second, the first half of the season, the Yankees were on an unbelievable tear. We were talking record breaking. Okay, we were talking, were they better than the unbelievable world champion Yankees? Right? That that were just dominant. And then the second half came. And if it hadn't been for Aaron Judge having an MVP season, they would not have made the postseason. They would not have made the postseason. No question about it. They wouldn't even been close. I mean, he carried that team. He earned every single dollar that the Yankees paid him. And I'm very curious to see how he's going to go this year because, you know, that's the big question, right? Now, nobody expects him to hit 62 again. Doesn't mean he can't, but nobody expects him to hit 62 again. Maybe he won't have to. I mean, he had to hit 62 last year. So, listen, if Josh Donaldson comes back and gives you the type of production that you expect, if Gleyber Torres can give you anything, if DJ LeMahieu can give you anything, if if Rizzo plays hits the way without the shift, that's going to give him some extra points, batting average wise at first base. It's going to be a much different team offensively. There's no doubt about that. When we return, Christian Winfield of the Daily News joins us. We'll be talking a little hoops on 98.7 ESPN.